Mike, uh, my name is Pierce Clark. I said it best, singer-songwriter from Canada originally. Um, I actually recently just moved back to Canada. Uh, I currently am not in Boston anymore. I uh, recently just moved up to Toronto, Ontario. So, nice. uh, uh, you know, still kind of getting my bearings here. I've never lived in the city. I used to play here a lot back in the day. And uh, so it's kind of been cool to you know, kind of be immersed, immersed in the city in a different way. As I'm sure you know, it's, it's one thing to visit a city, but once you actually live there and you are kind of just in the middle of everything, you get a whole different vibe and a, and a way of, uh, a way of doing things for sure. So, so what part of Canada are you originally from? And also like what brought you back to Canada? So I'm originally from a small island called Prince Edward Island, and it's just near Nova Scotia. If uh, any of you listeners don't really know where it is, we're kind of, I don't even think we're on a world map, but uh, you just kind of find where Nova Scotia is and we're a tiny island right above that. You know, very old fashioned fishing and farming are kind of our two main industries. So Now this is a random question, but I've always wanted to try it. And now I can finally ask the Canadian, how good is the coffee at Tim's? All right, so this is a bit. This is up for debate. This is okay. up for debate. I personally am a big Tim's fan, but I think that you're either kind of you either love it or you don't. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. So uh, I personally am a Tim's fan myself. Uh, funny enough, if I had to choose, Dunkin' Donuts. Really? I think, I think Dunkin' Donuts is the best cup of coffee I've ever. It's just consistent. It's always good. Right. I also lived in Boston for like almost 10 years, right? So, uh-huh. uh, so you know, go what's ahead. your go-to? What's your go-to at, at Dunkin'? Like your favorite type of coffee? Honestly, man, just a large coffee with a little bit of milk. Okay, simple man. I used to be, you know, I used to like the regulars, but I started, you know, about six years ago, I started cutting out sugar. So, okay. uh, so uh, I'm now just, just, just the plain milk, even cut out the cream. So Really? So just, you just drink it straight? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I try to sometimes drink it, drink it black, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like an everyday coffee drinker, but when I do, you know, I usually like a lot of like sugar and cream in it. I, I mean, I don't know. I try to switch it up, but I've always wanted to try Tim's. That was like the, the point of my question is I've always wanted to try Tim's just because it looks good and I've heard a lot of like great things about it. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for Tim's now, man. That's my, uh, that's my go-to for sure. All right. So if I go up north, I got to try it. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, let's jump into the, the first question I have for you. You attended Berkeley College of Music. Why did you choose Berkeley to progress your education? Uh, so, like, kind of getting out of, you know, going into grade 12 of high school, as many people do, you kind of go through that, what am I going to do with my life? You're just getting bombarded from colleges who come in for, you know, those big assembly days. And you're just kind of, you don't really know what you're going to do. Uh, you're just kind of excited to graduate high school. And uh, I did a lot of thinking, and I'd always done music through my whole life. You know, I took piano lessons since I was four years old, uh, taught myself guitar just through uh, watching my dad play guitar, things like that. And I just kind of figured that if I was going to really pursue music, I had to do it right. I wasn't just going to go and take a, you know, a lot of schools, especially in Canada, are very classically oriented. So, like, I'm not... I didn't want to spend four years learning how to play Beethoven. As important as that is, Mm. I I don't need to know how to play Beethoven perfectly if I want to make it in the industry today. So uh, I just did some research and I found this school called Berkeley and 
I read it and I went down for a tour. I did my interview and audition and and it just everything just seemed to kind of work. And every step I took just took me to the next one. And uh, just because of that, I knew that was kind of my place to be. Absolutely. Now, what kind of majors do they offer there? Because it's like College of Music, but is there different uh, direct avenues you can go down, like if you're a certain genre of music? Absolutely. So it's very contemporary in that sense. So I focused in professional music with uh, sort of a focus in songwriting and business because that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to be A, a better songwriter, B, understand the industry better. But, you know, I made friends who did in engineering and they these guys these guys and girls they know how to just listen to music differently than i ever will because they studied it and they understand it you can take music production you can take film scoring which is really cool i took a, a semester of film scoring just to understand how when they look at a blank you know almost like a blank screen i call it it's just a movie with no music and how they're able to just pick up on certain vibes and take you know take the film to a whole new level it's very interesting when you watch a movie with no music it's almost like painful yeah it's, it's kind very, of i can imagine it's weird it's so weird it's like nails on a chalkboard for me oh man um another question i have for you is where did you get the inspiration to start making music oh my goodness i would say my inspiration came from my father for sure he, you know, grew up playing in bands. He was always in things like theater. Uh, he, you know, has played guitar much like me, you know, learn by ear. And so he, there was just always music in our house, whether it was my sisters playing piano, myself playing piano, dad playing guitar, things like that. So he was definitely my inspiration to make music because I just saw how passionate he was about it. And it wasn't even you know, his career was definitely more of a hobby for him. Um, but that was definitely, that That was where I, you know, if I had to pick a moment, it was watching my dad sit in his chair in the living room playing guitar. Was that one of the first instruments that you learned how to play? No, so like I, I you know, I took piano lessons growing up and I learned how to play classically and it's just, you know, it, it was great and I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot about it through music theory but guitar was definitely the instrument that took me to that next level of passion and it was just the performance aspect of it you know what I mean like you could yeah. you could have people over it didn't matter where you could go to a campfire you could go to somebody's house like you could just everybody can just pick up a guitar and play a couple of tunes and and that's that's kind of what took me to that next level for sure yeah i definitely think guitar is like one of the coolest instruments like ever yeah it's so it's so versatile and you know i always say a, a hit song is a song that can be simplified on an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. like any song you can think of that's a hit song you can pretty well simplify it to fit on an acoustic guitar which is good because that's what you want like you want anybody to be able to hear your song and and play it yeah. Now I read online that um, you can play up to nine instruments, or like you've learned how to play nine instruments. Yeah. Which like which two or three out of those nine give you the most satisfaction, and which is an instrument that you want to get better at? Okay. So satisfaction, obviously, I would say 
probably guitar, like electric guitar. As you can see, I have a Marshall stack behind me. Yeah, that's a setup, and, dude. It looks sick. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you're playing a show and you're able to just, like, crank that up as loud as you can and just really feel it, that it, it's a it's unlike anything else you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that's that's my addiction is that feeling of live performance when you're able to turn up and you have the crowd just like in the palm of your hand yeah and uh that i would say that's for me it's my favorite for sure and i grew up you know i in the beginning was listening to a lot of like bb king records uh because i learned that he learned how to play by ear and blues music is where a lot of guitar players start you know you learn your blues pentatonic scale uh which is kind of the you know first day scale you learn playing guitar in a way and um it's you know it just it has a feeling unlike anything else i think like even just days where if it's been a long day really tired maybe even stressful i'll just kind of come home and plug in my electric guitar throw on some old blues records and just kind of play along for for an hour that's good vibes, dude. Yeah. Um, but for an instrument I'd like to get better at uh, is, so I've played the banjo for a few years now, um, and I can definitely hold my own if I was just kind of in the background playing with people. But if they wanted me to kind of, you know, if you're playing a bluegrass show and banjo wants to take a solo, so to speak, take the lead, I'm still not there yet. Like, mm. I can definitely hold my own in the background, just kind of holding the back end of the song. But uh, that, that's definitely what I would like to get better at, is more forward, solo, banjo style. Nice. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, Pierce is a songwriter as well. A uh, question that I have for you in regards to that is how long does it typically take you to write an entire song? And just ultimately like describe the process to everyone listening or watching. It's unfortunately, for me personally, I find it's almost different every time. I've had songs... Uh, so a song that I just released recently, Summer Night Dreaming, it's my new single. It took maybe 10 minutes. It's just one of those songs where I was just playing around with chords and the lyrics and the melody and the chorus just came together really easy. But then there have been other songs that took, you know, a long time of just rewriting and changing melodies, changing chords. Um, I find that songwriters and producers get we need to almost learn to step away sometimes, almost like clean, like clear your palate in a way. It's like, okay, I've been listening to this for too long. I need to just take two weeks off of it. Don't even think about it and then come back with fresh mm -hmm. ears. Um, so I usually start with melody and chords because I find that's what people remember most. You know, I think of a lot of people in my life where they know this song on the radio and they don't really know the words. They might know a few here and there, but they'll always remember the melody because that's what's, you know, that's what's catchy. Yeah, I feel like that's where, like, like you said, the most crucial part of a song, just because it's like, it's just like the the energy of the song, kind of. Oh, absolutely, Mike. Like, it's I can think of three songs on the radio right now that I love, and I have no idea what the words are. I just know the melody, and I love the vibe, and I love the groove. Um, yeah. which is, I think somebody, a lot of people can relate to a hundred percent. And, um, we spoke a, a little bit before this episode, before we went live, but, uh, you took some time off, um, from, um, from, 
I guess you could say like being in the public's eye, but you were still recreating yourself in the studio and producing music. What can you tell us about that and how it ultimately changed um, the way you, you view music and um, just carry yourself? I, yeah, so I was, you know, my whole life has kind of revolved around music. I went to school at Berkeley and I took some time off and I, for about three years, I went, three or four years, I went and played in a band back in Canada and we toured across Canada you know, playing in Toronto, Ottawa. Uh, we played festivals, uh, like the international festivals throughout. Um, and I learned a lot from that for sure. I learned the, uh, no, you're all right. No, it's all right. And I learned a lot about a few things while you're on tour. It's, you know, there is that side of like parties and having fun and, and all this, mm. but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work that I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, I always laugh that the the healthiest I've ever been was when I was on tour because, you know, I was only drinking water and teas. I actually was off coffee and things like that. Um, I was eating healthy. I was going to bed right after a show because we had to get up at, you know, we had to get up the next day and do it all over again. So especially being a lead singer, like our my voice is my instrument. So I can't be up all night screaming and then expecting to do it again. So that was an eye-opener. And then when I transitioned into more studio and recording and, you know, more of the the social media aspect, like social media has changed how we listen to music exponentially. And when I learned that, when I kind of got into that side, it, it was totally different. And so... Uh, a business partner of mine allowed me to live in a studio that we had built and I just locked myself away for like two, three years almost just making music. I just trial and error. I worked a lot with like samples because that was another thing I learned is is how many songs nowadays are, are just samples of older songs. And even sometimes the samples from that track are a sample from an even older song. So I experimented a lot uh, in that area. And I also really focused on myself as an artist, trying to realize who Pierce Clark was, what, at the end of the day, we, you know, we have to sell ourselves. We're marketing, you know what I mean? Like, Mike, you're marketing this show and who you are um, as a host of a podcast. I need to market myself as a musician, like, you know, why do people want to listen to Pierce Clark? Why do they want to buy Pierce Clark? Yeah. And that was a lot of, again, trial and error. It was almost like a boot camp. So those three years of just, I would wait, it it was almost like a job. I I woke up and I would go right into the studio and just start making music. You know, don't even have my phone near me. I would just plug away. And because of that, I feel more confident in any of the music I create, anything I write, uh, myself as a as a person, as an artist. It it's just something that I don't think, like I said before, I don't think a lot of people see that side of the industry, the the grunt work that, you know, you're you're always gonna get, especially with social media, you're always gonna get the people who put out a video and it just blows up and they're just one of the lucky few. But for the other 99% of us, it is, it, it's hard. It's hard work. And yeah. even when you get to a certain point, it's its just going to get, it's just as hard. It's just different challenges. Yeah, it's an absolute grind. I mean, and I think it's also important to like take a step back 
and do what's healthy and best for you as a person like oh aside absolutely. from aside from your passion and aside from like um what puts food on the table like taking care of yourself and just realizing certain situations i feel like is even more important than um than trying to just pump out content just because that's what you think you should do yeah it's uh, and i've seen and you know i tried that in the beginning too like just putting out just random content and it wasn't working and it wasn't until i started really focusing on who i was that the music kind of started to flow i remember one time i was in a studio in miami and in the next studio over was casey and the sunshine band really so, yeah like the next room over so i got a, like i got to go over and i introduced myself and we met and we chit chatted for a little bit we were all kind of just taking a break and i you know i was just sitting there at, sitting with him and i just asked him i was like so what you know i'm a newer artist what what advice can you give me and he was like something very similar to what i just said and that's where i i got it and he was like he spent his early years trying to write what he thought everybody wanted he's like i'm gonna put out music that's popular and i'm gonna put out music that i think people are gonna listen to and it it tanked he didn't go anywhere and then as soon as he kind of had that light bulb moment of like, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to do me and it doesn't matter. Um, that's when his music started to flow and he became one of the biggest acts in the world. And so I've carried that with me ever since then. And it's true. Once I started really focusing on music that is who I am, that's when we started to see videos start to get shared. You know, I, I had a few videos up over a million before they got taken down by, you know, copyright infringement and things like that, like covers and things like that. Um, but even my own music, even my own music that I started to pivot towards as a songwriter, that's when I started really seeing, you know, even just random people reach out to me to be like, wow, man, like I've been following you for a little bit, but this is like the best thing you've ever put out. Yeah, that, that's a massive lesson is be who you want to be, not who other people want you to be. Yeah, cause I, I feel like in a world of just so much fakeness. Uh, Especially know, with social media, man. Like you said, I mean, you don't know what you're getting. Everyone, it's like a it's like a BS version of who people actually are. It's like, it's like the best parts of their life. It's like you don't yeah. see the struggle. You don't see the grind. You just see the finished product. Yeah. That's not, that's not how, it actually, how it actually is. Oh, absolutely not. And I think... Me personally, I like that authenticity in people. I like people being who they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's when you, I think that's when humanity shines best is when you get to talk one-on-one -on -one like this and you get to interact with a person and see who they are and learn their stories and, and uh, learn what, you know, makes them tick, what drives them, what, you know, what's hard for them, what's great for them. Uh, those are the things that I love. Now, transitioning to another question, what would you do differently if you were starting in the music industry right now? If you were, let's say, 15 or 16 years old? I would do, I would do that boot camp in the beginning mm -hmm. where I talked about I closed myself off for three years and just focused on producing music, learning how to use different samples, different sound libraries, uh, studying what makes a song you know, catchy, studying, even vocal techniques, things like that. I would do that right in the beginning because that's something that, especially in a world of only recorded music, like everybody, everybody just streams music now. 
So you want to have the best possible product ever. I was talking to, I was talking to a gentleman who worked uh, in radio, and he said there's no such thing as demos anymore. Like you know the old cliche, hey, here's my demo CD. Would do you want to listen to it? There, there's no such thing as demos anymore. It's you either have a finished product that's ready to put out or you don't. There's no in between. Uh, so that would be one thing I would do differently is really buckle down and do that boot camp in the beginning so that when I learned all the things I did touring and everything I learned through live music, they would definitely merge much better if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to hear that you at least had the boot camp under your experience like already because you're still young and you have the experience of going on tour. You have the experience of going to one of the best colleges for music. So, um, I mean, I'm excited. And that kind of transitions into my next question, which is where do you ultimately see yourself in 10 years? In 10 years, I would love to be doing more collaborations. And I think what I mean by that is, do you know who Mark Ronson is? He's the producer, you know, he, he put out the Uptown Funk song with Okay, Bruno yeah, Mars. with Bruno Mars, yeah. So he works with everybody in the business. He's worked with absolutely every person you can, you can think of. If they were a songwriter, uh, an artist, a producer, uh, you know, you name it, he's worked with them. And all he does now is just like writes amazing music and just does collaboration albums with all these amazing artists. And he can do every kind of genre because he brings in an artist that fits that genre. So maybe he grew up, you know, he grew up playing maybe rock and blues like I did, but now he brings in an artist like Bruno Mars and now he can kind of do like funk, you know, funk fusion music. He's very diverse. Exactly. So I would love to be doing that. Like if, you know, 10 years, I, if I was just working in a studio with like amazing artists every day and we would just be vibing and writing music and it's like, okay, we got a song. And then, you know, another artist comes in and I'm able to work with them. Uh, that's, that's something I would love to be doing. Do you have any artists that you'd like specifically like to collab with? Uh, I love Chris Stapleton. I think he would be right up there with, uh, for number ones. Bruno Mars, just because I saw him live and it was one of the most entertaining shows I've ever seen in my life. I just loved the, 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 the choreography and everything had its place. There was nothing out of place. You were just entertained from the moment it started to the moment it ended. Uh, he's also, again, just a phenomenal songwriter and artist. Yeah, and, and so, he seems like a showman. Absolutely. Uh, he is very much an entertainer. Yeah. That's that's his, if he, you know, had a business card, it would say Bruno Mars, entertainer. Yeah. Now, Pierce, I always ask my guests this at the end of the show um, or towards the tail end of the show. What is um, one piece of advice that you could give to everyone watching or listening? My advice would be... How can I word this? I, I know what I'm trying to say. I would say your happiness comes first. That's my advice. Whether you're in music, if you're uh, a lawyer, if you're you know, in your medical, you name it. Whatever you do in life, you need to be happy at the end of the day. So that's, I, I've just met so many people through my life, even musicians who are just, they're very unhappy. They, it's hard. It's, it's hard for everybody. 
So I think if you can divert your life towards things that you enjoy, I think you'll just be better off in the end. You know what I mean? Like I wake up every day and I am just very blessed that I'm able to do something I'm very passionate about. Not to say that there aren't stressful days. We all have stressful days. But, you know, people always ask me, what, what would you see yourself doing if you weren't doing music? I, there's nothing else. This, this is it. This is what I was put on this earth to do. That's, that's beautiful advice, man. Like, it's just, just, it's like you said, it's easier said than done, but find things you're passionate about and work harder towards them. And you're more likely to work towards them because it's something that makes you happy. Absolutely. Um, you know, my, you know, I have family members who were in medicine and they, they hated it. They just, it was just tedious and they weren't enjoying any part of it. And so they decided to switch lanes, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And now they're, they're better than ever. You know what I mean? So, and they did it at a late age. So there's no, there's really no excuse. You can't say, oh, well, it's. I'm, you know, oh no, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40. That doesn't matter. You can do it. Yeah, age is just a number. That's one thing. Um, like it was one of my friend's birthdays the other day, and he was saying he was like kind of upset that he feels like he's getting older. And I was like, first off, you're still really young. Like, like he's only 22. So I was like, it's kind of crazy to even hear him say. But um, I mean, he's he's a very forward thinker. He's a, he's a very like he's a special person he's got but, a five-year ten-year plan kind of thing yeah exactly he, he just has massive goals for himself but um what i was saying to him is i was like dude age is just a number regardless of how old you actually are if you still have the drive to chase something don't let a number define you because like oh, absolutely not yeah i mean there's really there's really like you said there's no cap on what you can achieve at any given age you could be 50 years old and find a cure to anything or you can be 60 years old and drop a hit single there's really just no there's no age limit no it's it's all a matter of what you can do and and confidence is is the main thing which is sad because i don't think a lot of people have confidence anymore Uh, and probably social media is a huge part of that but i yeah i think age is just a number you know i don't know if it's true or not but you know you read that jeff bezos started amazon when he was like 31 yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, he dropped everything and he started this company that everyone thought like nobody's gonna buy anything on the internet, and now that's all we do. <laughs> now that's all we do. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't use. I don't go outside. <laughs> yeah, no, everything like almost like three times a week, I'm getting something dropped off at my door, and I'm like buying stuff at night. I'm like, man, I probably probably should be like investing this money or something. I <laughs> <laughs> did something else with this money, but. Oh, no. Um, yeah, thank you very much for joining me, Pierce. But real quick, shout out to your new hit single, Summer Night Dreamin', available on all platforms. Scroll down below, and I will have links to that in the description. I also have links to Pierce's social media accounts. I know off the top of my head, Instagram, at It's Pierce Clark. Yep. What are other social media accounts, or where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, all the big games um yeah uh, give me a follow and uh give me a shout i uh, do uh weekly one word songs where people send in one word and then i have to write a song like just around that one word mm-hmm. uh so that's stuff i love to do um yeah thank you thank you mike for having me on the show you know uh hopefully uh you know hopefully i can get down and uh get down and visit maybe i'll play a show down at radford 
Yeah, dude, I'd absolutely love that. Um, welcome anytime. But uh, yeah, thank you again just for taking time to speak with me. I mean, I love diversifying um, the people that I talk to. I mean, mostly it's a, it's a sports podcast, but I have interviewed a couple of musicians and I just love to learn and, um, you know, hear about the way you guys think and the music process and everything like that. It's really interesting to me and it's really opened up my eyes to a, to a different perspective. So um, I, I thank you for that. Hey, Mike, I love talking to good people. So thank you for that. Awesome, man. Uh, like I said, everyone, today I was joined by Pierce Clark, singer slash songwriter from Canada, who lived in Boston, Massachusetts, but ultimately moved back to Canada. Thank you again, Pierce, and I'll see everyone next week.